Welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah, Kim, and Martin. Today we are going to discuss Dune, which is by Frank Herbert and was published in 1965 by Chilton Books. It was originally published as two separate serials in the Analog Science Fiction and Fantasy magazine. Dune tied for the Hugo Award in 1966 and won the inaugural Nebula Award for Best Novel. Along with writing award-winning novels, Frank Herbert also worked as a journalist, photographer, book reviewer, and ecological consultant. Dune is also considered a soft science fiction. These are science fictions that focus on soft sciences like psychology, political science, and anthropology, as opposed to hard science fiction, which focuses on things like physics, astronomy, or biology, as just a few examples. The plot for Dune is Jessica breaks the rules of the Bene Gesserit by conceiving a son. Paul could be the prophesized leader that could change the entire galactic empire. Oh, dear Lord, I managed it. <laughs> and you were recording this time. I was recording this time. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, now that I have struggled through my necessary part, Sarah. Don't start with me. Don't start with her. Kim, what did you think? I love this book. I read this in high school, I think. So eons ago. And um, I was really pleased to come back to it and read it and realize I actually remembered way more of it than I thought I did. Um, yeah, this is probably one of my favorite books of all time. Okay. Probably. probably. I have to really think about it. But I yeah. still have a long life left, but we could knock it out of your favorite, one of your favorite positions. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. <laughs> favorites for me kind of shift. I, I I have so I have long lists of favorites. So <laughs> this week something's more favorite than other other weeks. I do the same thing with music. But anyway, yeah. I love it. Okay, you love it, Martin. What did you think? So we're gonna preface this by I did not finish the reread. <laughs> I have read this book probably. This would have probably been my fourth time rereading this book. But it has been a number of years since I finished the book. So you hate it. I love this book. <laughs> this is easily one of my favorite books. I mean, science fiction is right up my alley. It's exactly the genre I love. And it is from what would be, I think, considered the golden era of science fiction, which is where a lot of my favorite science fiction authors come from. Uh, it's definitely, out of all of the science fiction novels I've read from that era, one of the least problematic. <laughs> as far as problematic. Because, <laughs> you know... 50s and 60s is an interesting time for books, but... We're a whole society, the group of our society wants to go back to right now. Uh, well, yeah, not even getting into that. But yeah, <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite books. Okay, okay. Sarah? I already spoke. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> started with, now you must speak. Yes, okay. So this was the second time I read it. Uh, first time was, like, I don't know, 12 years ago. Um... First time I read it, I don't really remember caring. I like I didn't have a strong opinion one way or another. Wasn't sure if I liked it or didn't. Um, but this second time that I read it, uh, it did make, I don't know, I was just able to get into it more. It made a lot more sense to me than it had before. And I did think that it was really good. Okay. Um, I don't know that I was super excited about the whole thing. That would actually be later in the podcast that we were talking about yeah. like emotional reactions stuff. yeah but no yeah. i do think that it's especially because it is what you said 65 or something like that yeah 65 yeah. 
And I think that's when the novel was published. It was actually an anthology series before that. Um, I don't know how it was broken up in the magazine, but because it sounds like it was actually two separate runs Mm -hmm. from the way I was understanding that, but I could be misunderstanding it. Because I cannot imagine that the magazine published 300 pages and then another 300 pages. So it's probably... You said it was an analog? And the... The anthology. It's it's an anthology magazine, but it's analog. Okay. Um, That's what I was asking. Was it analog magazine? Yeah, it's analog magazine. Okay. So, so yeah, they, they they tended towards longer. So, so it could be a 300-page thing. I know the original um, uh, Pern story was, was published in analog. Um, and it was, it was quite long. It's actually almost the entirety of, of, um, that issue of that, that book, the first book of, of the Pern original three books. I, for some reason, I can't make the title of the first one come to my brain right now. Dragonflight? Yeah. Dragonflight. Um, oh, shocker guys. It's science fiction. And we've (laughs) we've already managed to talk (laughs) about Anne McCaffrey. (laughs) If you were taking bets, congratulations. You know, it's shots. We got to start taking shots oh, every time oh, Anne McCaffrey or Pern is mentioned. Oh, God, no. <laughs> but anyway, so yes, Analog will publish longer stories. So it could very well have been just two. Yeah, I, I still can't imagine with how long it is that it was like broken up into. It's probably that it was, from what I was understanding of what I was reading, I think it's probably pre and like when he was younger. And that was a couple of that issues. And then probably. Mid- yeah, it probably two, broke three, when, and, when we had that time. Yeah. Jump. So, but now for my initial reaction to the book and for all of you that are going, oh God, they're just going to spend the entire praising time praising this. Nope. I did not hate it. I was in the nice center indifferent. I can see why this is something that people should at least attempt to read once in their life. However, when you are forced to read it for assignment, and yes, I recognize that I am the one that forced us to do this. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, you force us to read books. Oh, how evil of me. We're nurturing your brain so you don't get dementia in old age. No, the books are good. <laughs> Otherwise, I just want to get dementia, so I don't remember that I had to read them. <laughs> I'm gonna laugh if like you get dementia all day, oh. and you're, all you can remember are the books, all the bad read. books. <laughs> I hate literature. <laughs> Why did I ever read? Never read. <laughs> Anyways, too funny. Um, I okay. Well, as a question, yes. Was this your first time reading it? Or it was first? my first okay. time reading it. How did you get through high school without having to read Doom? It's not I didn't required have to read. It's not required reading. It's not, it hasn't been required. I read it in college. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I didn't focus on American literature in college, so... I, I actually just read it because I wanted to read it. It wasn't yeah. even, like, anything that I was uh, ever required to. Yeah, I, I know I was required to. But I also did advanced English in I, high school. I did, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but I did it in the 80s! <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You didn't keep trying to make me read it when I was in my teens, but it just... And Martin, you I, are I my listened. favorite child. You read it. I, I listened. Yeah. <laughs> I was my favorite child for like the last week. And you didn't read Doom. And I didn't enjoy Doom. Um, <laughs> and you didn't read it as a child. And I didn't read it as a child. So, yeah. So, and I've already, these guys have already heard this, but so you guys can appreciate this. As I was reading this, how it came out for me was, wah, 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 Paul. Wah, 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 wah. 
Jessica. Wah, 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 wah. Paula and Jessica. Wah, wah, worm. Wah, 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 jihad. Wah, 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 concubine. That is the extent of what my brain has do you, retained. Do you want to throw a few more wah wahs? I don't know if it came across. <laughs> 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 a like it, is, it is a it is a long book. There, there is no denying. It, there's a there's some depth to this book. Um, and and for me, like, I can see how it is very progressive and is reflective. Because I honestly, I got to the end of it, and I was like, or near the end of it, and I was like, jihad. Like, oh, dear Lord, is this some weird, like, allegory for Middle East and us going in and appropriating all of the, you know, fossil fuel and stuff? And I looked it up, and sure enough, it is. <laughs> and I went, okay, now, did he actually do this well? And I had to rethink everything I had read and everything that I finished reading. And I can recognize for 1965, it is an attempt at progression and progress. And it definitely is designed to make the reader think about how they fit within society without a doubt. However, I still found frustrations, particularly with female representation in the book in terms of what their role was in society, what their responsibility was. And I'm sure like he was trying to do that, but like, I'm at that point and I, where I am very tired of men telling me how to view myself in society. <laughs> so. Again, not which, again, which again. Focusing what, on what, now. Yeah, focusing on now and, and we can't. And this is one of the biggest failings that's going on when people are looking at literature right now is judging it by the modern eye. And it's, it's, it's an unfair perspective to, to judge a book by the modern eye. It, it, he basically created an entire genre in creating ecology science fiction um, and, and giving power to indigenous peoples rather than going in and using everything that is there on a planet. Um, I mean, it, who is it that else that we had talked about, Martin? Heinlein? It, oh, is, Heinlein, Heinlein. I mean, if you want to, if you want to, Ultimately, if you if you look at you know the golden era science fiction, no matter what you read, if you can't look past the misogyny of the book, you're not gonna like any of it. And you, if you mean, can't look Asimov's at the fact the that way, yeah, the, the, same the way. first foundation book, I was yeah, just like, I could. There's, there's and everybody's one, white, yeah, white male. Yeah, there's only one character I think in the entire like foundation trilogy that is a female who is a like main character, and she's an idiot. Like it. So, so in my defense, it's something to keep in mind is I do have a bachelor's in English, so I do know how to look into this in most Oh, I know you do, I, which is why I get frustrated when you don't like right. a book, when you can't, when you... But, but I did go back and I go, okay, listen, I'm not, I'm not succeeding at looking at it from what's considered reader theory. My intake from it. So I did look at it as historical, and I looked and I saw, okay, yes, this is supposed to be representation of... Um, Islam, Middle East, oil. And I'm like, okay, that makes more things make sense. It is supposed to be a discussion of how, in the author's opinion, we shouldn't be going in and just assuming it's our right to tell them how to function. Right. Um, and so I did, I did step back and go, okay, what's another lens of theory that I need to look at this through? 
However, I was taught those lenses. For the normal reader, they're going to look at this and it is going to be hard to digest that way because people are not taught to look I at literature don't think that way. Average reader is going to read this book. That, that except for the fact that the movie was popular. Um, the, and, the movie's been popular multiple times, and it's but and it continues to be one that people are like oh science fiction. Okay, I think I think anybody who comes into this fresh, straight off of the movie, is going to read this from, and they're going to see it from the perspective. And and yes, maybe they might see the misogyny in it, or they're going to see the politics in it. And I was like, oh, that applies to now. And then I would read a few, oh yeah, that's a pretty, and having these very valid statements that really apply to now be written in 1965, that's pretty what, one profound. Of the, one of the things that I would, I would agree with you on mm -hmm. is that, and this is true for a lot of golden era science fiction, it's incredibly misogynistic and it, it's going to be hard for some readers to look past that. It's, it's going to be incredibly yeah. difficult. If, like if, if you have to deal with that on a day-to-day -day basis, it's going to be harder for you to get enjoyment out of books like this. It's going to be more difficult. Like, I mean, you take, you take, for instance, a different golden era science fiction novel, Stranger, Strange Land. Mm -hmm. I heard that one. It's, it's by Heinlein. It's oh, okay. uh, same guy that wrote Starship Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's okay. So it it's considered to be a very important piece of science fiction history. It's it's a well written book, but it is incredibly misogynistic, even more so than this book is. It is it is blatantly misogynistic. It's not even it's not even like a oh there's undertones of misogyny. It's it's outwardly misogynistic. Same thing with Starship Troopers. It's outwardly fascist. Unapologetically, yeah. And so, if you if you're if you're dealing with these kinds of things and you're having a tough time looking past them in, in your day to day life, which you shouldn't, it's going to be harder to read these books. Well, and I then lead to the question of: Should it still be considered the golden age of science fiction? Then maybe it it's have the, a different. I know it's the golden age because it's it, it's the creation of, it's yeah. the beginning but, of, it's, but it's not the full full creation of. I mean, let's recognize the fact that science fiction was created by a woman. So. And this gets into semantics, but then we're dealing with what is science fiction versus what is proto-science fiction, which yes. Mary Shelley, and, 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 for sure, was the first, like, truly science fiction anything that And, and yet we have to then acknowledge the fact she had to publish it under her husband's name. Yes, yeah. yes. No, I know, I know. But it's taken and, years but, before it became Mary Shelley's Frankenstein yeah. rather than just Frankenstein. And, and, yeah. and there's, there's other books that came before Mary Shelley that also could have been argued to be science fiction. So it's just mm -hmm. what... what tropes do we need to hit before we agree that this is science fiction? Yeah, right? and, and when we talk about the golden age of science fiction, this is when people were seeking science fiction. Yeah. This is when I want something that is written outside of the daily life um, that has different perspectives. Yeah. Oftentimes has a um, idealistic point of view. This is when we were looking at you know, we we can't get this utopia. We have the utopian novels that were coming during the uh, the Renaissance. This was a different way to look at utopian. Those utopia is actually the name of a book. I can't remember yeah, when it was written. I think it was mid eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. I know the movies were very popular in terms of utopia. So the Industrial Revolution, Revolution. Yeah. right? So um, this was just a a next step in that point of view. Yes. So my my 
thought in calling it the golden age, not that I have a name for it to be otherwise, is it implies it's the best, the pristine, the oh, no. And And for people who don't think about those kinds of things, it might actually deter them off of science fiction. Because, I mean, one of the things I struggled with with this is I had zero emotional connection to any of these characters. See, I remember reading this when I was when I read it the first time and 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 come from the perspective of everything I read, except for Anne McCaffrey was very much a male point of view. I, I like male characters. I, I was pretty other than Anne McCaffrey, anti-female character. It, it's mm-hmm. it's what I grew up in. I love Paul. I love Paul. I, I love the fact that he struggled with um, the the life he was being forced into. He was bred into this life, literally. Yeah. And he should not have been who he was. His mother made a choice and she says it all throughout the book. I did this to you. She never apologizes for it, mm-hmm. but she went against her entire training. Everything that she was raised to be made a choice and created him. And he then became something he didn't want to be. Well, so I, I love that character. See, I read it and I just thought he's a cult leader. He was bred to be a cult leader. Yeah, was a cult leader, and I couldn't. The, I couldn't. What, what what I would say, at least in Paul's defense, is yeah, to some degree he's a cult leader, but he's a cult leader who didn't want to be a cult leader. Just kind of recognize the fact that this is kind of my only choice now. Yeah, no, so, no, I, mean, I get that. Yeah, he tried to avoid it, but those he, pathways kept. Oh, kept, yeah, they kept shrinking, and yeah. eventually he got. And it's like, well, shit, it. here I am. Yeah, losing my for somebody who hasn't didn't read the book. You saying those pathways and then you say the pathways, you've read it, and then you said shrinking. That actually is a direct line out of the He's book. He talks about four times. how they I, I know, I've but it, 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 it amazes me that you can pull those lines. It's it's been it's it's for the audience's perspective, it's probably been probably three years, maybe four years since the last time I read the book. I read it first when I was in high school. I've read it a couple of times since, but it's it's been a number of years since I've read the book. But yeah, it's funny because his his choices did shrink. So yeah, he was forced into this. He wasn't seeking it. I know. It, I guess what it so what it made me think of is, and I think I think it's in one of the appendixes or something that I saw this where it was because I have a I have a nice copy of it. I do have like I spent money on a nice copy. Um, uh, it talks about the fact that because she forced this to happen now, she actually Jessica being she failed the prophecy. It was supposed to be her daughter's son. Yeah, and Fayed's. Yeah. But what it made me think of, and I guess it then made it feel paling in comparison, is it actually made me think of Good Omens and the whole, <laughs> them working around that whole prophecy of, of who the main, the main boy is and all that kind of stuff. And it just like that feels more dynamic than this. This but, just but, felt like it so was like not a way getting to into force not getting into forward. Children of Do- Dune and Messiah of Dune. There's little hints in this that he may not actually be the Kizak Hederek. He yeah. he he may actually be something other. Yeah. Um, and you've got to remember that the one um, friend I, I want to call him friend Rear, but he wasn't friend Rear. Uh, his Bene Gesserit wife mated with Fayed. She's pregnant. There is still Harkonnens in existence. Oh my God, Amber, you read the book. I don't know what characters you're talking about. 
talking about the still hardens in existence because Paul is one too. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. But there's there's the branch of the Harkonnens, and oh, then there's oh, you're talking about one of the, the nephews. Yes, the nephews and mated with another yeah. Bene Gesserit, and Paul is going to have children. Also, they want they being the Bene Gesserit want these two lines to mate, and yes, they have. But it's it's the culmination of breeding. That also annoyed me so much that Jessica was actually the Baron's <laughs> daughter of. I don't know why that bothered you. I was because they don't. It hasn't come up in the movie, and like so when I was reading, so I watched the movie. Oh, okay. And so like a lot of the book, I was just like playing the movie again in my head. So like at that moment, I was like actually shocked because I had totally forgotten that moment. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? I remember that. <laughs> I texted her. What yeah. if like it's it's something was said, and I'm like, it's Jessica the Baron's daughter, and she like, like didn't have an emotional reaction like that. I was just shocked. oh no, I was so annoyed. And she I'm was like, like, do you do you want me to actually confirm this, or do you want me to deny? And I was like, well, it just said this, so I'm pretty sure. And she's like, yeah, it is. Give it some time. They'll say it. Of course, the white savior has to be the red line of two, you know, fighting lines in order to bring them together. But he's not going to bring them together because he has to be the weird downfall of his grandfather. (laughs) I just... Okay, so so keep in mind, Am- Amberly Ray, as you're wow, just just throw my middle name out there. Oh, the sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. You're my child. I call you that. Anyway, I apologize. I forget. I'm talking. There, there to are you. some like religious spiritual things that you don't actually give away middle names because that's actually your true name if you didn't know that, and so like it's a way to like. Okay. Anyway, yeah. if it was your true name, I wouldn't give you my middle name because then I would. Shit, be- no, yours too. Yeah, now we know mine too. <laughs> and mom. <laughs> anyway, what I was saying was you're 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 judging the tropes, but you got to acknowledge he created the tropes. Yeah, this these, the this is the beginning of these tropes. I don't like the tropes when they're used now. Why would I like the origin of the trope? But they're not a trope then. Yeah, it's not this overused is, at that point. Is, this is the original. This is like, this is, this is creativeness. Oh no, this, is, somebody... this is not the original. There, I mean, Shakespeare has it where the coming together of two lines and stuff. That That isn't... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not wrong. Help me here. You're not wrong. <laughs> However... <laughs> I would, I would, okay, so. Thank you. So, to, to some degree, you're not wrong. No, there, there are, ask, the, the problem is that you're looking at the whole of the tropes. There are individual tropes that he pulled together and put into a science fiction novel with how, how, also, the fact that he was writing soft science fiction back in the golden era is a whole other Thing. He was like the only person and who if, was writing things that weren't like, you need a math degree to understand what the hell he's talking about. And then and if like, we're going to shit on tropes, we have to go back to the Greeks, and that is the only and, and, and there's has tropes. Like, yeah. yeah. No, 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 I know. Yeah. Uh, what I'm saying is, I'm not a fan of that trope in anything. So then I saw it in here, and I was just like, ugh. Okay. It was just, it was just yuck. It was a yuck. I'm allowed to have my yuck. You're it's allowed to yuck. My squick. It just, like, and it, it like it actually because for a while there I was like Jessica might be the character that I can actually 
rip onto and like, and then that was said, and I was like, well, yeah. And so I, I, I just, I struggled. There wasn't a character that I had any, like, I wanted to know their outcome. Um, I was doing diagonal reading at certain points because I just, I couldn't. Diagonal reading. Um, when you do fast reading, if you diagonal read a page, your eyes pick up where the important key things are and you don't she have to read. Through, I was skimming. Okay. Um, and I just, I don't hate the book. I probably at a different time will reread it and enjoy it and be enthralled in it. Um, I also recognize that, like, I feel like you're me from college. Because, like, when I first read it, I was yeah. kind of indifferent. Didn't really have the most reaction to it. Yeah. I, I found it difficult to follow. But I was in high school. Yeah. I found it difficult to follow. There were a lot of people. I found it difficult to, like, picture things. Yeah. I just wasn't. Well, the politics of it was was beyond really my comprehension at that point. But then I, when you're, I understand. When you're older, it's like, oh, this is actually really straightforward. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think for a lot of inexperienced readers, the hardest thing you're going to hit a brick wall with is just he will throw terms at you and not explain yeah. any of it which yeah. is which is just that that's just golden age science fiction yeah, they yeah. don't explain anything to you and yet felt the need to inform us every time it was going to be a thought oh, i'm not going to explain this term to you but he thought italics she thought italics <laughs> I, I just like explain spend the time explaining the terms Trust that I can tell when something's an internal But talk. you said something that, because mm -hmm. you, you had mentioned this earlier, yeah. we had kind of debated this earlier. You said something when you were talking about his writing experience. Mm -hmm. He's a journalist. That is a different type of writing altogether. Oh, I know. And it's so this, this, and this is very dry. Yeah. And this, this, now that I know that yeah. Dune, sorry, I'm touching the book. The book. Yeah. Uh, Dune strikes me as, because he's not flowery. No. Nope. He's he's not, uh, it, although he does describe the sand quite extensively um, and the different types of sand there are. But uh, he he's he's this is a journalist writing. Yeah. What I actually in comparison to this, I wanted to read um, World War Z because hmm. that's written as a journalist writing a story and you're actually getting different perspectives. I thought it would be an interesting juxtaposition to what how this was but we're not going to do that it was just something that when i got done with this i was like mm, i wish we could now read world war z yeah, and Sarah, you read world war z yeah i own a copy what would you like in comparison to the two? Oh shit i don't know it's been a long time since like <laughs> <laughs> i think i enjoyed it i think you must have enjoyed it i think you called it a dry read too because we I talked about it when i was at work when we were at work one time and i think oh. you said it wasn't what you expected it to be yeah i probably didn't expect it to be like a mix of Little, like, but snippets. you found it different stories, but I yeah. think you, you said it was also like I do think I liked it better than the movie. Fair, and yeah, yeah, you did mention that's that. That's funny. Oh, I the, love that bloody the, movie. The movie is a complete. Yeah, it's not even the same story. Really, it's not yeah. really a comparison. It's like, it's a zombie movie. It's definitely World War Z. Yeah, <laughs> but I love that movie. Don't I shit on that movie. movie. I just, oh. the only it's thing I remember they're, they're is oh, it is not the same story. That I like the book better. Yeah, but I could have liked the movie too. I honestly. I just, I mean, very well. not to completely go down this tangent, but also World War Z as a book could not have been translated to a movie very well because yeah, of the way it was, it was like, because the way it was written. Yeah, camera pans over newspaper. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it just wouldn't work. Which is, I think, why they had such That's trouble true, yeah. when they yeah. were, they, they had to send somebody in to rescue poor Brad because he had bitten off more than he could chew. Anyway, back to the book. Are we going to... Talking about characters, or what are we gonna do? Yeah, so because Amber's now cuddling like, cats. I have a this question: is, Like, what? Why did they keep saying that the spice had geriatric properties? Like, what did he even mean by that? I don't. 
Because it used that term, like that word, that adjective several times. You know what? That's really funny. Because I, 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 I remember that now. And I did. I looked it up too. And it still didn't make sense. I was like, what is he trying to say here? Not that this is relevant to the book itself. No, but it is but something it is I came important. across. And I was like, geriatric. I couldn't even begin to guess because it was probably yeah, I just thought of old people. And I was like, what does that have to do with the spice and its properties? Come on. Thank you. Mm. Okay, keep keep talking. Yeah. I'm gonna see if there's other definitions that. Well, I will say so. I did find it interesting using spice as a clear allegory. I am using allegory correctly, right? For oil. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, I'm yeah. pretty sure. As, as like, far as like the specific mechanics in the book, no. But yeah. like, as far as like the themes of the book, okay. yeah. yeah. Um, for fossil fuels, and that is still very much relevant. Because um, I mean, if you think about, if you think about, like the the uh, what's the guild's what is the guild called? Chong, C H O A N. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact that they need spice in order to operate their vehicles—that's the direct allegory to oil. Well, and and, and and I think that's where we're getting the geriatric in it. It's an old idea. Okay. There, yeah, it's an outdated might, idea. Yeah. It's something we need to move past. That and might, I think that that's be, why we're yeah. getting the geriatric terming when it comes to the spice. We need to function uh, outside yeah. of this. And this geriatric yeah. That, yeah. that might be. Well, and I'd be curious, and not that I felt the need to deep dive in this, is apparently when one of the articles that I was reading when I was trying to wrap my head around this was mentioning the fact that in the 60s, is when the OPEC forms. OPEC. OPEC, sorry. OPEC forms. And oddly enough, when I was tutoring like three weeks ago, I had to discuss OPEC with a child and I was learning about it for like the first time, but I was helping them learn about it. Um, and for those who don't know, OPEC is the organization that controls and sets the prices for oil and- It's set, um, it's set countries actually is what it is. Right, but, um, but they come together and set the prices yeah. for oil. Um, and if you're wondering, yes, it's part of why we're having weird things with oils, because guess what? Russia's one of those, as well as Saudi Arabia and who else? I can't remember who else. There's also two random ones in South America um, who are a part of OPEC. But I did find it interesting that there was clearly a parallel between the formation of OPEC and its control of the spices and then having the houses that are clearly supposed to be representation of those, but I couldn't figure out who, yes. First five members were Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, and Venezuela, but there are now 13 member yeah. nations. I, I think Russia is now one of them, which is yeah. why we're seeing that our, our oil prices um, is pointing upward. Because <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. The oil's blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I did, I was like, I was like, I wonder if the houses actually correlate to like specific countries oh, and what country do. could it be? But I did not do a deep enough dive to even begin to care. And I'm like, oh, I wonder then who that makes Paul part of and what countries are we trying to marry together in order to. Well, that, I mean, that, I mean, honestly, I would say that's even more interesting to the book considering when he would have actually written it versus when OPEC would have actually started to form it was uh opec had formed an article did discuss that he wrote it shortly after, after okay, okay. opec had was, formed was it was, was a was new curious, concept yeah i was curious to whether or not that was something he was predicting he was something. in dune there were more than 31 so okay but I, but i'm thinking the two key houses oh i'm sure and, but but oh. i'm sure that that he was very much addressing this yeah, as far OPEC as formed in uh 1960 so this is five years after 
he wrote this five years after OPEC had become a thing. It was published five years after OPEC had become a thing. Would yeah. he write it, though? That's what I'm more... Wait, are you saying OPEC is the, would be like the houses? Or yeah. Each of the countries yeah. is... Because, oh, sorry. I thought you were saying OPEC was like Because the, the book was published in 65, but it had those anthologies I, I, from beforehand. Um... So, I, not that it matters one way or the other, I'm just curious as to whether, because a lot of science fiction... Uh, it was 1963 that okay, it was in okay. the Analogs um, okay. publication, and he did so he publish probably, it as a three-part special. Yeah, he was probably writing it so, around the time, yeah, or, if not and, shortly after. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I had seen in an article, was the fact that it was a response to the formation of OPEC, and he was... Which like is interesting to really think about impact. if we're looking at this now and seeing what we're what we're experiencing right now. And um, him talking, because he mentions in here, it's one of the things I highlighted in the book, how a three-tiered anything won't succeed. And we have a three-tiered government. And um, how the, the Chom, they are the ones, that are, and they're a corporation. They're actually the ones controlling everything. And we now have companies that are, in, at least in the United States of America, are considered people. They yeah. have... Their rights established even, for them. Even beyond organizations being people, we have organizations with enough mind, like money to just dictate yeah. law. Yeah. Well, they I mean, can just, they can, they, they, I mean, you have like uh, Florida trying to remove Disney's uh, autonomy and Disney just going, we'll leave. No. Yeah. We don't have to follow. Oh, your and by the way, in order for us to, money. in order for you to force us to do this, you got to pay the five pay billion dollar debt yeah. that so exists like, in we Florida. Have can't afford that. That we don't have to follow your laws. Yeah. And he was writing this in 1965. Yeah. yeah. 1963. Yeah. 19- whatever yeah. years. This. This. This is. Yeah. It, there. There it, are elements of it that are profound. Profound, and that's going to be true for. Well, and it's always depressing when you read a really old book. That, like, yeah, and, and you're like, like, hey, this is, is going to yeah. suck in 30 years, and then you're 30 years in the future, and you're like, yeah, you're, you were right. You were right, you were <laughs> wrong. We wandered right into it, you warned us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, how weird how that worked out. Well, I mean, one of the key scenes that I can, I actually recall reading, and it helps that it was in the movie, is when they go to the, the spice harvesting machines, and the people are just trying to, like, finish up because they want the payment. And that's really yeah. how massively how things that's are how being how Amazon run. works right now. Yeah. People are actually voting against unionizing because they're afraid they're going to lose their jobs. Yeah. And all they want to do is, and they're running around, they're not even allowed to use the bathroom. They're wearing diapers to work. Yeah. It's, it, this is, this is, this is insane. This but is not how. But then you see how, all the peppy little Amazon commercials. Like we pay our workers $15. Yeah, I know. Aren't they awesome? <laughs> uh, yeah, $15 an hour. You get the benefits if you work the right number of hours. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that feels. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's it's it, but yeah, that that I could that scene I was like, I don't I don't blame those people that they're trying to work as hard as possible. I mean, I'm yeah. in a situation where I'm in my thirties and I'm working two jobs. And and then and you I'm have working seven you, days a week. And then you have the white gotta be right because he's white man saying, No, just leave it. Your your lives, your lives. And yeah. And they're I'm sure they're thinking, fuck you, dude. Well, it's like uh I saw this and it made me so mad. Um, Elon Musk tweeted about the fact that, you know, oh, the American people just don't, don't have the drive. They're not comparable to the Chinese workers and, and they'll be, they'll be burning the 3 a.m. oil, not even the midnight oil. They're going till 3 a.m. in order to push themselves forward. And like, I'm like, 
Uh, I've heard things about those warehouses. They're doing that to survive. Yeah. They don't enough. Those warehouses build. Because <laughs> um, I, I think our previous, my previous job discussed the fact that certain warehouses have like barracks. People go and stay at the barracks oh, yeah. and work. That's why they get a whole month off. Yeah. Is to celebrate. That's the only time they get to go home and like extensively be with their families. These people move away from their When families. you say they get a whole month off, they yeah, don't work for a China, month, yeah. get a month off. There is one, one month, month in every year that nobody works in China. China. Um, but otherwise they're at the factory, living at the factory, eating at the factory. Like, yeah, you're not giving them autonomy outside of the working place. And so I could like commiserate with those. Yeah. And those the fact that we're like, no, we, we need this. You yep. told us you need the spice. You were forcing us to do everything to get this spice. Our and lives then, don't matter. And then ultimately, when you get to the point in the book where you discover that that's how the ships navigate the universe, is these particular people have the, the ability, while using spice, to navigate. And Paul says, yeah, guess what? I learned how to destroy it. Which one of us has power now? And that's how he ends it all. Mm-hmm. It's like he just eliminates the ability to continue that thing. So what do we need if we're going to compare this to what we have now? We're all dependent on oil. We have to come up with other ways to power. And if you actually do some research into solar power and other um, less impact Type. Green energy. Green energy. energy. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Um, there have been overt battles to eliminate green energy. We had the ability to have electric cars that did fast movement 30, 40 years ago. But they weren't able to produce them because it was locked. Yeah, because OPEC and the gas lobbies and all of that. They, well, all yes, of this has been a thing. discussing this the other day is, is all of these new energies we need to invest in, they have the knowledge. Mm -hmm. The problem isn't that we aren't capable of making that switch right now. We could make that switch. The people who dictate when and how we switch don't profit off that switch. So they're preventing the switch. And the initial push to switch will cost a small fortune. So as a world, we need to decide we're going to commit all of that money to save the planet, and I'm doing that in air quotes because that's just that's become a phrase that's misused. Um, we have to decide that we're willing that it's well, the long term matters more than the short term. Keep driving it into the ground, you know. The powers that be have to decide because it's no longer like the same video that I've been watching. It's no longer an issue of convincing the common man that it is yeah. a need. The common man does true. know. It's the power that be has to be forced into it. Yep. But we don't hold the power to. Right. <laughs> so well, again, we but, hold you, the power but you thought this numbers. but you thought this book was just mediocre I, when this is talking about all of this. No, no, no. I recognize I recognize <laughs> what it's doing. I recognize the level of conversation that's coming out of it. It doesn't make it an easy or necessarily enjoyable read and these aren't the types of read that most people are being like oh, i want to read about no these the are this is the type of read that they're they force us to read in high school that we all <laughs> that they they, they, <laughs> back in and the 80s days 
saying is, is, is they force us to read books that are societal looking that, and, to be why and unfortunately learn the lesson then because <laughs> they've read it and then they read Anne Rind also yeah. which don't even get me started on that fucking book oh. Atlas Shrugged the I'm not even libertarian ideals yeah I, I no, no no oh god we should read Atlas uh, Shrugged Anne Rind created essentially to some degree or another the concept of the like ultimate white savior where it's like it doesn't take a society it takes one rich white man to decide that i'm gonna fix everything and, and all the white job. men that and are in power that, right now i can guarantee every is, last one of them have read atlas rug yeah, all the poor is. people they just they're know, just getting in the way they're, they're just getting they're in the way they're not working they're just they're lazy they're just taking i need yeah. my strength the thing my you were just talking alone. about with yeah. elon musk yeah Oh, that's Atlas Shrugged. All the smart rich people just have to separate themselves. I question the smartness of the rich people. Well, in the book, uh, that's that's direct correlation between intelligence and, uh, and richness. You got it. Well, I've come to the conclusion: the smarter you are, the less likely you're going to be wealthy. But that's Ayn Rand, though. She is convinced uh, no, that if you are intelligent, so, you will be wealthy. So you will notice when politicians are coming up through politics when they're when they're lower down, journalists will always ask them. What was your favorite book? And inevitably, you'll hear from Republicans. I'm, I'm just going to go there. Conservatives? <laughs> Conservatives. Anne Rind. Atlas Shrugged. And from liberals, you, no, you won't hear it. They'll have read it, but they can. And hopefully they read it and got the opposite lesson from it, hopefully. Um, but then ultimately, I think there are a lot of moderate Democrats, moderate liberals who got the same lesson from it because they are very moderate. They still think that, that um, consumerism is the best thing. And yeah, we will, we'll not go too deep into political leanings. Oh, really? Um, really worried? The 40 minute mark and you don't want to talk about, <laughs> so about late stage capitalism and why we need, why we need the revolution. Rise up, my brother. And we are going to tie this back to Doom because I am telling you, this is what Herbert was talking about. I'm, which is what makes it a brilliant book. I'm just laughing because last time we were talking about romance <laughs> and now it's like, let's discuss oil and, and the economic situation. And it's just like, oh my God, we are everywhere. <laughs> it's the way it should be. Oh. But we're not going to, I guess we're not going to break down characters this time. because we, really no, we are. We, we okay. started with, this you is said all we're 40 minutes in already and we've been told to do shorter podcasts. What? It's okay to talk about what we've been. Yeah, you're advising the magic. You're putting the magic. I don't don't like the magic. The secret is we've been told that we're going too long. By one person. By one person. Hey, it's our only review. We must acknowledge it. And we can still, we're going to, okay, so what's possibly going to happen is about the next 10 minutes, we're probably going to break this episode up into two parts. That's why I was giving the stink eye to Kim. Um, I like things out in the open. I also knew why she was giving the stink eye. I did too. But... We have this all led from Paul. We started with Paul. This has just been Paul. We have not discussed the Freeman. We have not discussed the Echo. Fremen. Fremen. There's only one E in there. <laughs> what? I know. I've not watched the movie in like three months. So you did see the movie. 
<laughs> you think I recall how they say things? Words I hear every day I fail to remember how they are said. You really think a movie had that much impact that I can remember the same fragment? Fremen? It has one E. My, my, the book my so name hard. is from had one E. Yeah. And, but it said Amber weird. Lee. Yeah, that was a weird choice for the So, <laughs> and I misunderstood it and thought it was like, I don't know what yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. So, you know, now we're, we're, we're going to shame me because I thought one E might be E instead of yeah. eh. That's clearly what we're doing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's also in the middle of the word as opposed to tacked on to the end. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 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 Apparently I started something. I apologize. I didn't mean to make this a shaming session. Shaming, man. Um, but yeah, no, we're we're all we'll, we're gonna continue to discuss things. And actually this might be a pretty good point to like start to wrap up our first part. Okay. So any final thoughts on the oilness that and we've been Paul. discussing? And Paul. Nope. Did any of you like have like a strong love for Paul? Like, is he your favorite character? Honestly, I thinking back on the book, I don't think I had a favorite character. Okay. I don't. I don't think I liked or disliked any of the characters in any specific manner. It was more just like the overall flow of the story I really enjoyed. So, like, you could replace the characters with pretty much any other character, and I feel like. As long as they hit the same similar beats, it would have been fine. Like, yeah. No, no strong love for Paul. Or so, so I, I think and, the characters I, were just... I apologize now for anyone listening with the name Paul. Paul sounds like the most conservative white man name ever. <laughs> Are you just thinking of Paul... What's his fucking name? It's just, it just like... Paul Ryan, isn't it? No, oh, no. yeah, there's Paul Ryan, but I'm thinking... Oh. Which was really funny because Paul Ryan's entire motive in life was to go him. in... Like, he never is in the His entire... He, he was the ultimate Anne Ryan Atlas Shrugged. His entire purpose was to get in and change... Um, tax law. The tax law. Once he changed it, he left. He quit. Oh, literally. He wanted okay. to give his, so he succeeded and then he, he left. Yes. To give like, his, my work here is done. He wanted to give himself a tax break, went in, changed the law to give him a tax break, and then he left. And it was all based on Atlas Shrug. You can go Again, back to one of the original. Paul just seems like like the most yeah. white conservative, and, and and you would think then that. But his name is not Paul. It's Paul Muad'Dib. He is not. Yeah, we are changing it so that his name actually is. Oh, like sorry, Rand Paul. Rand Paul. Oh, okay. Well, Rand Paul is in that same group. And yeah, but that's the Paul. I was he has a different be. agenda, and then there's the uh, what? What's his name that's anyway. running the House <laughs> or the Senate, and he has a different agenda. Once they're done, it's such a political episode. Yeah, it's a very, a very. Political. It's a political, it's a very book. political book. No, I know. Um, but yeah, I uh, don't even get me started on the Mwabdi little mouse like. See, trying to bring oneself into the culture of another culture and being named by them. It was like the quintessential, like, oh, why don't you give me a native name? Um, they, without they value it. They are going to And that does, that does happen. That's, yeah. that's a thing. Another thing I would say, Muabib, I took that in the same vein of, of like, people titling Buddha. Like it's, it's, I always took that as more of a title than your actual name. Like you're not and, getting a name, we're titling you. And, and he you gets to the Muad'Dib. end and he says, Muad'Dib is doing this, I am doing this. Yeah. 
the Kizak Cataract is doing this. Yeah. He is all of these things and none of these things. Black. And he, oh my God. Black. And he has all control and no control. It's, it's, yeah. Black. I, I just, I, it, yeah, blah. Blah. It just, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I didn't, I didn't enjoy that. I just, yeah. But that is actually a good point for us to end this episode. Um, so we'll be doing all of our readings and stuff in the second part if you want to listen to that. Otherwise, our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and is called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Bookpile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can also email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.